This is Michael Lobo, episode 109 of Just Because, the Human Experience Podcast. So for this one, I want to tell you, boys and girls, a story. On March 2nd, 1986, Epsilon Sigma Rho was founded with the idea of bringing multicultural awareness to the community and to its members, its brothers, one of those people. One of those creators, we call them in the fraternity, would be founding fathers, I guess, for other Greeks. It's Salvador, but don't worry, we'll get back to him in a second. Next episode. My chapter, the chapter that I helped found, that I was fortunate to be one of the founders for at ASU, Epic Zeta chapter, was founded May 22nd, 2010. That's some time afterwards. It is now 2020. June 30th, a fraternity I believe in has shown its true colors, at least as far as the powers that be go, right? And in these next three episodes, yes, there's three, because there was so much said, there was so much that needed to be revealed that it couldn't just be contained in one, and I didn't feel like making one giant four-hour episode so you're welcome. With the fraternity, with these interviews, we say a lot of things. None of it is um, untrue. I made sure that I, I took out a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff I could have left in that would have been very damning for the fraternity. But there's a specific goal in mind for this. If you know myself or any of the brothers at ASU, you might be a little bit familiar with the situation here. Also, you'll hear a lot that we say, you know, the Cali brothers, the Cali brothers. Yes, we understand, and I want you all to understand, not all of the Cali brothers disagreed with our stance as a chapter. We had a few brothers who reached out to me, um, maybe to a couple of other brothers on the podcast, that voiced their support, that voiced our stance against the National Governing Board. So when we say all Cali brothers... Of course we don't mean all of them, right? We're just talking about the ones in power and the ones with pull. And maybe you could even argue the ones who who didn't know what was going on, they do have pull. They just didn't know what was going on. So this episode mainly centers around one person, the current president of our National Governing Board. Because ever since we met him, He's just been a wrecking ball of stupidity, bigotry. So a lot of it focused on him. So he had to be his own episode. And it's just telling, as a current, as a president, you would think you would reach out to all the chapters. I mean, what the, what, look at the, look at the presidential elections in this country. They go to Iowa and stuff their face. They go to this state. They go to that state and pet a pig and take pictures with babies. This guy didn't show up in Arizona until shit already had hit the fan. And as shit continued to hit the fan, it was just harder to clean up. And not once did we ever feel like he was genuinely meeting us halfway. Not once did we feel like he trusted us. Because we were founded when he was gone, I believe. He left the country for a big chunk of time. And so, he didn't know us. Comes back, there's a brand new chapter. There's two brand new chapters. 
the culture has changed. Society has changed. And I think he was unable to fully grasp that. So as you listen to this, there's a lot of emotions. There's going to be a lot of trigger triggering language, I feel. So just a warning right there. We wanted to get this out by the end of Pride Month, just so everything could be put together. I do hope people take the time to listen to this and not just shut it off. Listen to our side of the story. Because you're being told one thing when really there's something going on. And the fact that only a few brothers have personally reached out to us to ask what's going on is atrocious. So please take the time to listen, take it in, and if you feel like reaching out or doing something constructive, not some bullshit retaliation or whatever, we're not doing this to start a war. We're doing this to tell our side of the story and just be done. That was a long intro. Here's Jeremiah. You were so much shit. There is so much. Uh, I wanted to start with the night Regan called about sending the kids to Cali, where you, me, and Memo talked to him on the phone. Can you walk me through your your thoughts, feelings, what what happened? I guess. Uh, my, I mean, my experience was it was just like you're just in the moment of something something else comes and it changes everything that you have been doing. Mm-hmm. If that kind of makes sense. It's like, you're kind of stunned. I remember just being like stunned. What? Wait, how, why? W- w- never, this has never been done. <clears throat> it was just something that was so random. Nothing was talked about. It was just so direct and like, this is what it's supposed to be why am I just now hearing this? Or like, why is this just now coming up? And mm-hmm. there is no address to it. It's just whether they have good intentions or bad intentions or whatever, when you're trying to get something done and you choose to not communicate anything to everyone that is involved with the party, in order to be a good leader, you can't miss somebody by not communicating it to them. Because once you do that, then you're obviously saying that you don't care about the whole thing, the whole picture. The whole picture becomes just nothing because mm-hmm. no one can blindly follow anybody without any communication. You wouldn't do it if you were going to a job. You wouldn't do it anyway. You need to know what's going on. Sitting there thinking, none of the stuff was said to me. I'm going in this blind and there was no communication. So why am I supposed to just be so willing to just like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That always happens when yeah. that doesn't. Jeremiah, do you mind explaining what you're talking about? But yeah, um, it was concerning the kids. Yeah, and it was uh, in order that for them to, um, you know, be brothers, they would need to come over. They need to kind of drop everything and come over. To California. Know, and I, yeah, and I'm just like, you can't just... <laughs> say drop everything and then you know it's more understandable if there's nothing wrong with doing that if you have had that communication from the beginning instead of 
randomly coming and telling other brothers that they weren't that weren't like on the same page and saying that this is what's happening. And it's like, well, this was never communicated. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. as a leader, it is your job to communicate it to everyone and not just be like, you can't blame your um, members for not knowing something when you are the leader and you are supposed to let them know. That is your job as a leader. If I am a boss of a company and I do not tell my employees what to do, how are they supposed to do what I want them to do? Mm-hmm. if I don't say anything so that goes with anything that you you know you take care of there was that and then the issues was I think it was during like finals yeah there Max. was finals that needed to be done or like midterms there was something because there was a lot of that that needed to be done and I was like well you can't you can't miss those you have right. to go to those you know what I mean those are mandatory things those are grades education if I can remember I can't remember the details but even uh the kids they even had stuff yeah a lot of them had like performance stuff you have to be there for that and i was i was like i'm a performance major that was what i did so i was like i can't not be there for that i can't take that on the road because that that was another reason we were saying the kids have class and then he regan said well they could just do homework on the bus why can't they do homework on the bus we were saying one is an actor who has to be there physically for scenes and the other one's a dancer who has to do a workshop performance, how are they supposed to do that on a bus? The other absurd thing was AJ had just gotten a job and he said, tell him to quit oh, his yeah. job. I'll write him a, re- a letter of recommendation and he'll get a job anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> but you're right. Regan should have been more in control with who is telling who what. It being completely communicated. What was frustrating? <clears throat> what was frustrating to me is the reason why I say I was blinded by this is because when all the shit got started, I was literally blind going into being the Sarge. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. All, all these changes, I didn't know any of the stuff that was happening because I'm an alumni. So I'm like, they asked me because no one else was, you know, going to do it, and so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll help. And so I did what we normally do. But I think the frustrating thing about it is right there is where it's like, well, I don't know what's going on. And when you just come and say that this is what we're all doing, because the thing that bothered me the most is you obviously knew that I was a part of it. So you refused to get in contact with me. You know what I mean? There's a, a, a like a system of uh, where you pass on like who's going to be Dean, who's going to be Sarge, right? And so you pass that on and that always goes up to the president. You know what I mean? So everyone knows who, what is happening, what's going on. So you knew I was a part of it, but you failed to even reach out to me and let me know what was going on. Because if I would have known in the beginning, then I was like, well, okay, well, if this is happening, then let's see if we can plan this. And not two weeks or a week that you know it needs to be done which i was just like that doesn't make sense you can't i don't know what's going on at least for me one of the biggest issues i had was you know he was saying you know send them up here send them up here and i'll decide if they cross or not and i said well then what's the point of a dean and a sarge what's the point of the whole belief system that we have as a fraternity if one person gets to decide 
And he said, yeah. well, that's what it is. And I said, we know these guys. We've been getting to know these guys for the past few months. What's the point of a high alpha in a, of a president in a chapter? What's the point of chapter brothers? If they all just are going to filter to you anyway for the final say. You just discredit uh -huh. everybody else and all the work that they have been doing. So then what's the point of anything? Of any, anybody existing or anyone trying? really, if it's just really going to come down to one person's opinion. This is Greg. I was there for that. July 18th, 2019. Extreme's the president of the fraternity. What do you remember from that? From that meeting? Yeah. This caravan went down the road to his hotel, which was awkward in itself. <laughs> like, why am I meeting in your hotel room? <laughs> and yeah, he, he offered us drinks those that drank went to the bar with him uh and yeah after that we went to his room i remember before he even let any of us speak he kind of wanted to like i guess in his mind kind of clear the air with why he wanted to do certain things certain ways because i remember everybody was talking about his master plan or whatever that he had I remember there was the one night that he came and they were still online. Yeah, so that was the first time he came. Told us his grand plan. We went to Angry Crab. The second yeah. one, he came in July. I know that for sure because they were brothers already. But Atwala and Rode were there. That yeah. is right. You so that's correct. the one. That, yes. That okay. was the one that I was thinking of. Okay, cool. All I right. completely Just forgot about sure. that first one. That, yeah, no, 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 no. That is, that is correct. So... For the first one, then, he came in and was, like, telling us his grandmaster plan he, he had for all the chapters, and he wanted, you know, I don't, even, I don't even remember what he wanted. Like, it was, I guess, supposed to be, like, accountability and things like that for chapters, and he said that the chapters are too divided, he wanted everybody to kind of get on the same page and he kind of explained why he wanted them while they were online to go out there mm -hmm. versus, you know. Here's Austin. Representative, Arizona district director, that's what it was. So I was overseeing all of the um, activities of the Arizona State Fraternity Epsilon Sigma Rho. I wasn't like super hands-on. I never was super hands-on. I was just making sure that there was a connection between our chapter here in Arizona with the California chapters. And I would recommend, I, I would do slight recommendations and things like that and try and mediate between governing board mostly it was the governing board and the arizona chapter when did you first hear about uh sort of this whole drag show situation what was so the drag show i i had no idea it was happening until or that there was being planned until Ichwala and effie Roday had brought it up and said, hey, we want to do a drag show. I was in favor of it because 
as a brother, we had been, especially a brother here in Arizona, we'd always done stuff like that. But we were always pushing, like we're pushing the envelope. Uh, how how would you say the the communication between the two of of governing board and and Zeta chapter? How was that? Did not great. I didn't do that great of a job always of relaying the information between governing board and the chapter. Um, that was on me. Um, there was a lot going on at the time within my life. On top of that our chapter was always we were having problems with not just the drag show, but internal drama between members. Mm -hmm. We had to keep coming back to three or four times. And it was just at that point, it was just getting annoying. The communication between governing board and the chapter weren't great. When, when you would communicate, uh, back and forth, how how receptive was the Zeta chapter to what GB was saying? How receptive was GB to what Zeta chapter was saying? We have to go back to when Extreme first came out and met the pledges at the time. GB had started implementing new policies and we weren't directly involved in those policies when he first came out and he's like hey i have to sign off on these guys crossing none of us were okay with that at least at the chapter that i felt um i definitely did not feel okay with that because okay you see them for what one day And you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to sign off on these guys. The process, we'd changed the process multiple times by this point. Over the course of the last 10 years, I don't think a lot of it was concrete with how things were being run. We went along with it. So I don't have it in the timeline because I forgot. But in shortly after that call, he came for the first time he came to tell us his master plan. Uh, what were your thoughts about him? Do you remember that when we went to Angry Crab? Oh, God. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts that stuck out? So there was already tension there because of the how first the conversation... Meeting. Yes, okay. because the first... Okay, so the, for, the, for the first night, there was a lot of argument. There was a lot of name-calling. So there was tension there. Again, I felt like I felt like I was arguing with a peer, mm-hmm. and not someone that I was like, okay, you're someone that's in charge, because I was like, why am I arguing this when I told you none of this stuff was communicated with us, and you're acting like we're supposed to just agree to this? And I'm like, you never would agree to something if something wasn't communicated to you. You know mm-hmm. that for a fact. You were just not going to up and just agree to it. Because if mm-hmm. that's the case, then you can, if you're doing that, then you're living your life as like, oh, well, maybe this will do this and maybe this is won't. We'll see. Knowing you as a businessman, since you want to say, as a businessman, that is not a good business tactic because you're, you're being wishy-washy. You don't know what may happen. So you're putting your business on the line 
when it shouldn't be, when you know that you should check all the facts and everything else first. We were already upset, you know, and then comes and he talks about all the stuff that he was going to do. And I remember saying, I mean, it sounds nice, you know, like it'd be nice if you, we could do that and whatnot. You know, it was just a, it was just a brief thing. It wasn't even, there wasn't really detail. It was just someone just saying, I want to do this, or I'm going to do this, this and that and this, but with like no kind of like outline or detail. And so it was just like, well, it sounds nice, but I mean, we'll see. How comfortable did you feel as the kids, Sergeant, uh, leaving them for the night? Because that was his request, was that we leave them for the night in his hotel room, which just sounds like a weird sentence. And um, So you can get to know him. Um, and then he'll decide if they finish or not. Part of me was like, it was just a showcase uh, level of power of like, oh, I need to do this because I need to feel somewhat powerful because it was kind of, I don't know. It was just weird. <laughs> um, I, for a moment I felt weird about it, but then I kind of got over it. Cause I was like, well, we're in Arizona <laughs> hmm. really down the street. So I was, I felt more comfortable knowing that we were here. Here's DJ. Man, this has been some shit. <laughs> that was only a year. Like, yeah, that's saying. Like, that a lot has happened in a year. And it's so crazy because it makes me so upset, too. I'm, you know, like I said, like, my cohort for my internship is, like, 120-something, roughly, of us. And 80% of us are African-American students. Mm-hmm. And so that go to, like, HBCUs that are Alpha Phi Alphas, Alpha, AKAs, like, all these yes. amazing freaking like a d9 like organizations all these great people and they're like oh like dj we see you have like a little thing and you're like wh- why don't you like wrap any letters and i'm like oh so, <laughs> i was like about, about that, that. I, was like, I was like it's a long story i was like we can possibly do it over like one of our zoom happy hours or whatever and we can talk about it i was like um i was like because it's not something like i would want to like blow up our group chat in because lord knows and stuff so i was like we can i was like if anybody's like actually interested we can talk about it and I'm, maybe after like you know this is out i can just send this to them and this will be like the contextualization and understanding of what's going on because yeah. it just makes that like i genuinely feel 100 percent like robbed of my greek experience and I already know, like, 9 out of 10, you know, those on the opposing side would try to sit there and say, like, that was our own choice or whatever, or, like, these were choices that we made to affect that. But at the end of the day, where is the tolerance? Where is the open-mindedness? And where is the multiculturalism that I was educated on and mm-hmm. that I was told was, you know, of this organization? But we're going to get into that, so I'm going to let you run yes. your show. <laughs> no, no, you're good. This is this is great. So I've, I'm with DJ. So my first thing where I have you in the timeline is is the night you spent with Regan when you guys were kids. How was, we were very weird about that. We did not like that. They wanted us, he wanted us uh, to send you guys up without any Arizona brothers to Cali. We were uncomfortable with it. Can you tell me your your thoughts, feelings going into that night? Um... To be 100% honest, I remember just being, like, super-duper anxious, excited. Don't get me wrong. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, not only is this, like, a really exciting moment, like, we're meeting our national president. This is a make-or-break moment. Just basically, like, what our future was going to look like in our, you know, organization and everything like that. And so I was just, like, I had a mixed bag of emotions. I was excited, but I was also, like, anxious. 
because, you know, I was, I was like, I don't know how this night's going to go. I was like, I don't know what's going to be said or anything like that. I don't know. It was just, there was something about his, like, presence, I guess, kind of took the excitement out of it. It was more of, like, a genuine, like, anxiety of, yeah, it was, like, a genuine anxiety. He came in, I mean, and I I, I thought originally, like, you know, it was just going to be, like, this idea of, like, oh, he's going to, he's kind of have, like, this hard-ass militant persona about him because, you know, he's the president. And then also we're this, like, we're soon to be, you know, new mm-hmm. brother. So he's going to be, like, I'm, I'm hard as nails, you know, like, I'm that dude. It seemed all too real. It seemed all too genuine. And the thing is, is that like, there were certain things that were honestly kind of triggering for me because I don't know, like, cause like me and you have talked before about like how I've struggled, you know, with body dysmorphia, like my own self image, a lot of different things like that. And how I've had my own personal journey building up my own self-confidence and different things like that. It seemed like everything that was said to me specifically was meant to tear down my self-esteem in some type of way or to poke some type of hole at me. And it seemed like it was specifically just me. And it was because I'm not, and like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say like that my sans maybe may not have felt the exact, like, no, felt that way as well. But it just felt like, you know, specifically me, because if you look like, you know, like I said, look at our line, it's like, I'm the biggest one. I'm the bigger one out of all of us. So he's like, oh, like, I bet you your fat ass can't even do a push up. I bet you you're like, oh, you better keep up or else you're going to make your whole, you know, just all these different things that were like psychologically like wearing me down because I was already anxious. So then like I got into my head and started getting like really triggered and upset because I'm like, you keep, okay, I get it. Like I am bigger than both of them. You don't have to keep calling me fat. You don't have to keep nailing the confidence, like the nail into the coffin, you know, just different little comments and stuff like that. I remember at one point he was just kind of like, oh, if um, he's like, I have the power to drop your brother, like your sands right now. Um, he's like, and do you think I would do that? And I was like, I'm not sure. I know you have the power to. I don't know if you would. Like, I don't know you like that, so, you know, sir. And he was just like, well, what? he was like, well, what if I was to tell you I did drop their asses and you're about to be running all freaking night? And I was like, you know, just different little things that were like kind of like really messing with my head. And so then out of nowhere, he's like, oh, he's like, you two come out of the closet and like literally had them come out of a closet that he had them hiding in. And I was sitting here thinking like, how okay. triggering, how degrading is that? Yeah. Like, all three like i'm pretty sure y'all explained to him that we were all openly queer individuals so for you to sit there and physically make them hide in a closet for him to like make some type of psychological point or whatever and then for you to make the commentary of come out of the closet like you two like really come on now that was not the best experience for me and then ever since then it kind of just it wasn't pleasant experiences after that i think the biggest thing for me that really that really confused me and had me feeling really what the hell did i sign up for at this point was this idea of multiculturalism that like they tried to bring up and defend because he was like, yeah, this brotherhood is about whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Muslim, Islamic, da, 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 all these different things. We're here together. We're a brotherhood and we're family. Blah, blah, blah. He hasn't mentioned anything else about like identity, about cultural identity. I was like, you've literally mentioned race or ethnicity and religion. So I'm like, how, I'm like, that's not fully encompassing multiculturalism. Like, that was something I even thought about back then. I thought that's, like, not rubbing me the right way. Because from what it seems like, if we're supposed to be, like, if they're making it seem like, oh, we're a multicultural fraternity that's colorblind or, like, you know, religion blind or whatever, I'm like, why does it seem like everything is heavily pointed towards a specific race group? Why does it seem like a lot of things are catered towards the majority of who's in the organization, which I get, like, that's fine or whatever, because, you know, majority rules, whatever, however you want to run it. But 
it's also the idea for me. I, I don't understand, like, how can we call ourselves, like, multicultural? Or, like, how is it a multicultural situation if it seems like, oh, yeah, we have a white guy every now and then. Or, yeah, there's that, we got that one. <laughs> My biggest thing, too, is this idea of what is masculine, what is considered oh a my gosh, and all this yeah. like that was my biggest issue too is that which was something else that I was also finding very triggering as well as you know, me being the person that I, I am, it's I am very creative, exuberant, feminine, whatever you want to call it. But I've had to have a journey with accepting myself for who I am and not having to conform myself to be a quote unquote man. Last time I checked, I was like, a man doesn't always have to be a football player or, you know, a, someone who likes sports and chasing mm-hmm. tail and bars and stuff like that. Because last time I checked, that's not a man. Last time I checked, like, there's so many different qualities and definitions of a more that are more fitting for to define a man than what it seems like a lot of y'all behaviors and what of y'all's psychological stances kind of are coming from like things just yeah. not sitting <laughs> yeah we, we we've always felt that uh whenever we went to cali to see the brothers or whatever i mean you know our chapter we like to hug we like to just be close be intimate we're just open with each other we'd always get the man are y'all gay or what y'all fags or what like it was just so weird and i go aren't we almost like what is the fuck is happening me and cadence are, are sitting whatever we like to dance it doesn't mean anything and even when we'd we'd have our strolls and do stroll competitions we'd always get criticisms of like uh y'all need to do it more manly y'all doing a lot of femme moves and i go okay but we're winning so i don't know what to, i don't know what to tell you that's always been something we butted heads with other chapters about this is aj be as honest as possible i have you first showing up as um uh, the night you spent, you and your sand spent with Regan when you guys were kids. Can you share a little bit about your experience? Yeah. In his hotel? Uh, okay. That night was kind of interesting. It was a lot. So a lot in what way? It was really the, um, how do you, I don't know the word, like, I would say like degrading or really rude to Effie or DJ. Regan was. Um, he would fat shame him a lot. He didn't like how feminine DJ was. He really tried to scare DJ the most out of all of us. He tried to scare DJ the most. And he would mm. always just pick on DJ. That's why I first started noticing that, is that he was literally targeting DJ the most. He hate to say this, but that whole night, he just targeted DJ the most. Out all nights, I wouldn't say, yeah, he got targeted really hard that night. I felt beyond bad for him in that because he just was constantly targeted. Mm-hmm. I don't even think me or Bubba had really a target on our back. I felt like we was there in a way. But more oh, okay. just used as kind of like something to like scare DJ with, I guess. I know like DJ felt really uncomfortable around extreme i know with me i was barely getting to know extreme i thought that he was really in i'm not gonna say the certain words but he was kind of a butt (laughs) okay i would say that i kind of felt in a way that sometimes i have to like just agree with him on things just so he wouldn't be I don't know, like, argumentative or, like, wanting to be on top in a way, I would say. I don't know, like, how to describe it in a way because I never met someone like this. Do you remember some of the things you felt like you had to agree with or sort of had to appease him for? 
most things he said, he seemed like he always wanted to kind of be like this right thing. Like mm-hmm. he only saw his own way, which I kind of understood in a way, just because my dad's the same way. He's a business type of guy. He likes working. He always works 24-7. But I would say this is like too more of an extreme when like yeah. he sees things as like in a business aspect when everything shouldn't be seen as a business aspect. Oh, maybe this will help. How would you compare like how we in, in Zeta chapter educated you guys versus you how guys he did, did? You guys did it in a more friendly way when like if we messed up, then we messed up and you would like call us out actually. But like if I messed up, I wouldn't call out another individual. It seems like more he was like, I felt like he was more belittling us and felt more of like a, I don't know. It felt like more it was, it was kind of bullying. I would say, yeah, bullying. I'll give it his word, bullying. It felt like more bullying than what it really should have been. It didn't seem like it was really educating or anything because you didn't, he didn't really try to help at all. He was just like, yell at us, then leave. Right. And then come back and yell at us, give us some punishment, then leave kind of thing. It wasn't really like this reinforcement trying to assist in helping in the learning. It was more just like a more of like, you need to get this done. Like, why are you guys, like, kind of stupid in a way? I would say best describe it because, like, with you guys, you always make sure, like, if we messed up, you'd, like, calm down, think about it, breathe, now go again, and retry and everything. You guys were, like, doing a more caring manner when you actually wanted us to learn the information and be engaged in everything. And we actually, like, I felt like more gained the information through that than, like, how he was just more of, to explain it, like, in a better way since you're, like, more of a dad, like, you know when your kid's really bad and you just have to tell them like, okay, you need to go sit down, like kind of thing, and like mm-hmm. frustrated. You just realize like, okay, I kind of took it to extreme. Yeah, that's kind of how it was with him. Like he'll get so frustrated so quickly that he'll take it to the extreme, and then go back down to like, oh, okay, now do it again, kind of thing. When with you guys, go ahead, you got this. Look, you're messing up now, but you'll get it later. Just breathe focus and try again which we always would do when with that it just felt like a constant no you need to get it back together you need to get back together you need to get back together kind of thing you know in the in the 10 years as a chapter we've always been hey you should bring your kids out to cali so we can so we can educate them we've always been hesitant about that because we know how they educate over there and that i mean that's exactly what you were describing is they want you to to just do stuff and become a robot. And with how many uh, people who've dropped over the, the years here at ASU, we didn't see the point in that. So we, we started to try to focus more on the person and helping the person grow. Because then what's the point of, sure, you had a badass um, pledge online, but then they don't do anything as a brother. What was, what was the point then? So we, we were trying to nurture and and help cultivate good young people. As well as I feel like their approach is really, I forgot the word, but like, it makes you not want to join. Like, it makes you not want to be part of that because in my reality, how I always saw fraternity life is, yeah, you do get friends out of it, but I am joining an organization that's doing more than that. And I want to join the organization for that reason. And if I feel like I'm being yelled at, like I'm in the military, then, I'm not going to want to because like I even told um, I even told um, my parents and everyone and even I didn't tell you guys this at the time, but that's just because 
I, I didn't want to tell nothing okay. y'all. I went even talking to my family and my friends. I was like, I don't know if I really wanted to join this really like this fraternity anymore because of just how he was so rude and everything and how he said that now they need to be that rude to us and that like mean to us and that scared the living bejesus out of me because I was like, I'm not already going through the whole challenge of you already know I was working through jobs that year. Mm -hmm. I was doing a whole 21 credits on top of that. Ralph rushing this fraternity. So it's like sleep wasn't really a thing for me. Being yelled at in the mean like that and then have to go to class after that and just being like that. I don't want to think I would have wanted to join the fraternity, let alone be part of an organization or speak good about an organization that treats people like that. Because you, at the end of the day, you have to see it in the point of these people are going to be the people I have to hang out with after. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to want to hang out with someone who just literally called, I'm using DJ's example because of how he was really vitrially attacked that night. But just how I don't want to hang out with people who call me fat or mm-hmm. want to like fucking de- degrade me for who I am. Like, I don't want to be part of that. For him to approach it that way, I didn't find that quite understanding in any way. It felt more of like a you need to understand who's in who's in charge in a way. Kinda of, I hate to bring up this comparison, but kind of what the thing that Donald Trump did with the Black Lives Matter kind of thing. Oh boy, yeah. Cut that out. But if you want me to cut it, I'll cut it out. <laughs> no, I'm like that I'm giving you free reign. I don't give a fuck. Like okay. this is gonna get known anyways, but it kind of felt like that in a way. It just felt like more of like a blind eye was being changed and you just wanted more like recruits in a way. And like, I'm not going to lie. That's what the fraternity want. Okay, but be more honest about that instead of trying to push in a way of, oh, you're joining this great organization where we care for all our brothers. But before you become a brother, you're dirt to us. I didn't feel like there was any care shown toward us. I would say the only care that I felt that was there was when in the morning when he actually fed us but even then it felt kind of awkward and kind of like i'm littler than you when i shouldn't feel literal to another adult they they have a really weird uh mentality as far as how to educate and um we'd always get shit as a chapter if they were oh you you guys are soft you guys are whatever and i go but we can argue circles about anything culture wise we can outsmart anybody we could outdance anybody. Like, we we could do we could outdo anything. But just because we were, in your eyes, shitty shitty kids, we just we just didn't believe in that as a chapter. Because yeah, how could you go uh, body shaming them, attacking their religion? I'm trying to think of other stuff they'd done to us. There was one night where you know we were online, and someone, someone somebody called one of me or my sense, you know, a faggot. Half of the room felt unsure. The other half were like, yeah, faggot. And I go, how is this a thing? How is this? How are you guys still doing? And this was 2010. And now with, you know, everything going on, that mentality is still there of like, you're less than us until you become a brother. But then all the things you've said and done to these people the whole time, how are they just supposed to forget it? There, there must be some resentment, some anger. So you, you and the other kids from the other chapters were in a, a group chat. Some yes. sort of like, could you share your experience? And then when they, they found out you did drag, 
So it was definitely, definitely interesting. So it was cool. Like, you know, during our process, while we were online, keeping in track, you know, touch with each other, just trying being there to support each other. Things were pretty cool. Like it was every now and then, like, how y'all doing? What's up? Y'all got it. Hold your heads up. If y'all got like, if you're on call tonight, like you got this, don't worry. Things were fine at first. And then it seemed like there was a turning point as soon as we all started sharing social medias. Because there, if I'm not mistaken, there was, I'm trying to make sure I'm pulling up my receipts correctly because I don't want to be giving out, stating and factual information. But yeah, like when we first started after a while, like after we could, like we were offline and everything and could talk about being on social media and different things like that, we all started sending each other our social media handles and everything. And so I was like, oh, hey guys, like here's my personal Instagram, here's my Twitter. I was like, here's my Facebook. I was like, and then here's also my drag Instagram. And then as like I had put that into the group chat, my message started getting liked or whatever. Like they started liking my message or whatever. Like, okay, cool, cool. Like that's what's up. We'll add you or whatever. And then my notifications started coming in and I'm like, oh, okay. I got a Facebook friend request. Or, okay. An Instagram on my personal Instagram follow request, or I'll get like a follow on my Twitter or whatever. But like only out of think out of all of the brothers, I think maybe two of the brothers actually followed me on this, like my drag Instagram. Okay, so there was 14 of us actually all together in this group chat, minus one. No, that's 14 members minus one that had dropped. So that has dropped his letters since a situation. It's like since, you know, a lot of this has transpired. It was just really interesting because like there was a lot of like, oh, we're brothers, but like, and I support you, but like, keep that over there kind of thing. Yeah. Like I remember one time, what was it? I don't remember exactly who, so I don't even want to, like, point any fingers, but, like, I remember there was once upon a time, like, I intermittently use, like, my drag Instagram and my personal Instagram, and a lot of, like, a lot of overlapping of who I follow is on either account. I remember one time I was, like, scrolling, and I think I had, like, responded to one of the Neos, like, not responded, but, like, commented on one of the Neos posts. I was like, oh, like, you know, EY or what's up? Just something really cool. I'm pretty sure, like, my comment was either, like, I remember I got a notification for my comment being liked, and then when I went to go click it, my comment was gone. <gasps> I was like, Okay. That's interesting. But it was and from like, your drag? Yeah, and it was from my drag profile. And I was like, okay, like, mm, I guess I'm not going to trip over it. Like, no big deal. I kid you not, the only person, really the only person, like, even to this day that likes anything, especially, like, from my drag Instagram is Fernando, I think. Uh, two-step? Yeah, two-step. Mm-hmm. That's it. Legit, like, and it's, and it's cool because, it's, wow, like, it really opened my eyes because they're like, oh, we're all for you. Like, we support you. Like, call us if you ever need anything. Like, don't. Like, they're like, we'll end up, be, like, heartbeat. We'll try to figure out either y'all come up here or we come down there. We figure something out. Like, hang out. Like, us Neos, we need to stick together, blah, blah, blah. But that must have been uh, disheartening with them not showing support. Because even if, because we all get it, right, where where someone's like, hey, like my, like my page of me selling vegan muffins, Jim. Um, it's just... <laughs> Or watch me make kind of funny videos, Maslow. And so you support them. You just click like. Right. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to eat it. Please listen to my podcast. Like you just, you just click it. You just click like to show support for the brother. I don't think there's any harm in that. But the fact that you would get ads to your personal uh, profile, but then not your drag profile is really telling. In June... You went to Formal in California. What? Do you, I don't remember what city that was. Sacramento. Sacramento in Formal. I will forever uh, remember that. Like, I will forever remember that. Uh, yeah. Can you walk us through it? Like, you you going up there, you being there. Before the end of the school year, after we crossed and became Neos, they were announcing that we're having this big Formal in which 
DJ and Bubba already instantly said that they weren't going to be able to go. So I already said I will go for the place for chapter because one member had to go or we'll be fine. Wasn't it like 500 if we didn't show up or something? It was some ridiculous. It was more money to to, to go. <laughs> well, it was more money to go than to just stay home and be fine. Like, we were yeah. like, all right, we'll get fine. I don't see the problem. We first started planning out everything. And when we first started planning out, we was like, I'm going to take a plane. So I'm pretty sure we already bought the plane tickets and everything. And when we did, I went then getting a job at Wells Fargo because I had to help out my family with just everything as well as I needed to get a car for my next semester for school. Mm-hmm. So I got a job at Wells Fargo and I was like, I'm unable to go because my starting date is literally the week, the weekend that was before my starting date. So right. I started on Monday. That Saturday and Sunday was the days of the event i was like okay well i can't go because i don't want to go all the way to sacramento then have to come back the next day and have to work there's no way that's going to be possible for me so then we had to push this on to dj and then which dj said i can't go because throughout the whole month since may we've been trying to get housing from the brothers in california i reached out to alpha chapter i'm pretty sure i reached out to beta chapter and I reached out to other chapters. I remember that because I kept asking for president's phone numbers and they'll take forever and send me the president's phone numbers. After this, we kept reaching out. First, DJ, when we sent it to DJ, DJ reached out for their housing. They kept saying, oh, we'll get back to you. We'll talk to brothers about it. And then you'll never hear nothing about it again. We tried to push it on to Bubba. Bubba wasn't able to go. I don't remember why he couldn't go, but he couldn't go. So then they went going back to me and saying, AJ, you have to go because we already have the plane ticket and we can't give it back or refund it. So I was like, okay, I'll just go. Like, it's whatever. Like, I was in the happiest mood that I had to go, but I knew I had to get it done and everything. And I was like, you know, the good thing is at least I could think of all the brothers and Calvi. Like, at least I get to see more of the fraternity. I was excited for this. I even expressed this to you, Grand Big, about mm-hmm. how I was super excited. I even made little um, nails that have our letters on it just to show them and i'm like oh i'm excited like i'm yes. about to be wearing these nails formal they're gonna be just all excited like i've made these nails handmade after this whole that whole situation i finally finally get to the date and i still don't have a place to stay i'm at the airport literally just got for work that day went to the airport and i got i went to work around like five i take a bus at 5 a.m to get to work when i was working at west fargo I worked a whole eight hours getting off around four just to head to the airport to fly to Sacramento. Yeah, I now, think you were doing training maybe. Yeah. And then your first official training. day I was, like, was I the Monday. I was yeah. I remember I told my boss about it. I was training then. I was working. And when I was working, um, I came back. I was like, okay, Katie, can you take me to the airport? Didn't have a way to the airport. So Katie, one of the LGs, she took me to the airport. Got to the airport and everything. I'm still texting them saying, hey, you guys, like, what's going on? Do I have a place to stay? Because they kept saying, we're going to give you a place to stay. This is the president of the fraternity saying that he's going to get me a place to stay, but yet has not told me anything about my place to stay. Yet alone, no brother in California have told me a place to stay. Already first mark for me. So I'm literally texting them, trying to figure out, literally, as I'm boarding the plane, they then tell me I have a place to stay. Literally last minute. So most likely I was going to be sleeping at an airport 
as I get onto the airplane and everything, I'm like more okay that I finally have a place to stay for the night and everything. So I get off the airplane and everything. And when I get off the airplane, I not met by any brothers. No one even came to pick me up, even though they told me that I was going to get picked up. I didn't get picked up. I had to take a lift all the way to a hotel and everything. They just sent me the address to the hotel. Stayed in a nice hotel. I mean, it was a good hotel. They didn't try to set me up with no bummy hotel. <laughs> but after that, I still don't hear no words from any of the brothers about any of the brothers trying to come see me. I didn't hear nothing. I was just in California by myself, basically, until Trey, I think, hit me up. But that wasn't until, like, the next morning. I went to go to breakfast. I went to breakfast by myself and everything. But that was just because I didn't know that Trey was coming. He did admit. He did say that he wanted to take me out to eat. But he kind of picked me up late. I woke up early and I was hungry as heck. He took me around. The only brother that actually came to see me on the first day of being there came and took me around. That's the only brother I talked to who I care for in California. I'm staying in that now. I'm, I'm going to be honest with everyone there. Yeah. Like, I don't care for him. He took me to the new hotel in which Extreme was supposed to hook me up with. So I got to the new hotel. I literally sat there for a few hours waiting for him to get there because Trace dropped me off early because he had to get somewhere and Extreme still wasn't there. So I was sitting there in the lobby kind of looking like a bum with bags. And then when he finally gets in, he buys me a room and everything shows me where the room is and everything. and then he kind of just leaves me and goes with his family so at that point i'm by myself again in my room no brothers are still trying to talk to me no one's contacting me or anything so i'm just chilling in the room like okay so like when am i meeting the brothers like when like i thought this was going to be a big thing like i thought i was going to be able to meet them they're going to want to hang out with me nope none of that shit happened so i said in the the hotel room like waiting for people to show up no one shows up so i was like okay well i'm exploring sacramento like if i'm gonna at least be here and be in the new state i'm at least gonna have at least somewhat fun and be able to at least see stuff and not just be here until brothers showed up and then when brothers showed up they basically dropped their stuff up into my room up in the hotel and then left and then say nothing to me so most of the brothers didn't even hang out with me i was by myself basically that whole day they had a meeting up in my room at a point. I remember that happening. And then uh, basically when the brothers all got there, they got there super late at night. When they did get there, they all came up in my room. Some of them was already drunk. Some of them was starting to drink. They literally had bottles and everything, drunk all the alcohol, and then left my whole fucking room a mess to the point when I had to fix stuff the next day because they broke a lamppost. I still remember what they broke. They broke a lamp. They broke, um, no, they broke two lamps, and then the whole fucking room was like a mess. So it sounds like you're just sort of a fly on the wall with all these people coming in and out of the room, Basically. having a meeting, drinking. How did that make you feel with all this it, going it, on? It hurt my feelings a lot, to be quite honest. One, I was making that big sacrifice of going out of state for two days when I had work the day before I even left and then it as well as the day I got back it hurt more because I literally did a whole 24 hours on a bus just to get back home literally I got home at like five and I had to go right back to work that next day so like I didn't even get time to relax or rest from like that whole journey so it hurt like a lot because 
that whole time, it's just been a struggle for me constantly to either get me a place to stay to a point of just being recognized as anyone. Everyone just kind of stumped over me like I wasn't even there, kind of. Like I told everyone before, I felt like I was invisible and no one even cared about me or anything. Honestly, my they made my worst fear come true to the point when I really felt like I didn't matter and I just didn't exist at that point. I felt like I just wasn't. During the formal, they all said hi to me once and then never said nothing else to me except a few of the Neos that crossed that um, semester. And when I mean a few, like only two of them, and they know who they are, so I'm not going to have to say names, but they know who they are. I felt so betrayed, to be quite honest, on that, because I have always shown, like, I was super excited to meet everyone. Like, I never, even when it came to the housing situation, I didn't pass no judgment on people. I didn't hold nothing grudges or anything. I just said I was here to have a fun time, meet my brothers and everything. And I couldn't even do that because none of them wanted to talk to me. Even when they had the after party for after the formal, I asked for the place where it's at. None of them wanted to tell me about it. I was truly shown that I just wasn't wanted there at all. I could feel like no one wanted me there and everyone had hatred towards me there. Even extreme freaking, well, he asked me to perform for the show, for formal. And I went saying, yeah, sure. Well, I'll go ahead and perform a poem. I performed my poem about coming out, being a homosexual man and everything. And basically people talked through it. People laughed at it. Legitimately someone laughed. He didn't even say nothing towards the person who laughed. I just truly felt like there was no space made for me. If you fully understand what I mean by no space made for me, just, I feel like, it wasn't a welcoming area. I felt like they didn't want me. They already had their judgments upon me already made. It was to the point when I literally went back to my room and cried over it because I was so unwanted and unliked. And at that point, I really felt like dropping my letters because I just didn't feel like I was wanted in an organization that I have put myself through hell just to be able to be part of it. For them to do that to me, I felt so dehumanized because every single time when I brought this up, they would say, oh, what well, they felt like Zeta didn't pledge you or they didn't they didn't do you hard enough. And I was like, what? okay, but if you look at all the things that I was going through, working three jobs while having a 21 credits while doing that on top of that, in one of my jobs, no, two of my jobs were leadership jobs with one of me being a manager and one was me being a leader in my own school for my university when education is our first pillar. Like, that made me feel so, like, trash to people. I'm proud of how you guys turned out, two out of the three of you. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. All three of you. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of the brothers who we have crossed because we believed in the process we made. We want them to question what we're doing. We want them to question themselves and what they believe. And then wherever they land, hopefully it's, it's a little more open-minded. Hopefully we as brothers have learned something from, from the kids. It's not, we know better than you, so you have to go through this. That's some bullshit. It was really a degrading experience. I felt looked down before I would say that was really painful just for me to be there and the whole reason why I say I don't like talking to any of the Cali bros is because of the whole fact that I not only have my worst fear of not feeling mattered cared for anything 
I literally just traveled from Arizona. Did this whole fucking bullshit mm-hmm. on top of it. When we all said we couldn't fucking do it because we were all fucking busy, I had to then go do a whole 24 hours of being uncomfortable on a bus to be going back to fucking work. Mm-hmm. And then looked upon like, oh, well, we had a nice time, blah, blah, blah. Why are you talking about it like it was a negative experience? Now I'm going to point this out now because this has been on my mind since this just recently happened and it pissed me the fuck off and I'm going to call you the fuck out extreme. Don't ever say that I need to be grateful for you for buying me a hotel and all that shit because it took me begging on my knees for three whole fucking months to get you to do it. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be grateful for something that you didn't want to fucking give in the first fucking place. Because I'm calling that out now because I'm about to talk about what happened with recently with him basically calling me over them trying to do an LGBTQ workshop. And with him oh. calling me out, I'm just missing this one little thing. Well, you're jumping the time. We're going to get to that. Okay, okay. So if you can I'll, wait. I'll hold uh, it in, but I'm just saying don't fucking do that again with me, Ukraine, because you need to check yourself because I almost went off on you for trying to – he bought the hotel and everything for me when all that bad situation happened. It wasn't overlooked. I didn't choose to approach it or say anything because – you didn't want to give that in the first place. If you did, right when I went mentioning it to Alpha Chapter and they mentioned it to you, you would have did it your own self. So grow some balls and actually own up stuff that you actually wanted to do and what you didn't. That's really funny because when he wanted us to send you guys when you were kids to Cali and we said, well, they have jobs. He said they can quit their jobs. I'll write them a letter of recommendation to anywhere. I'll pay for everything. And every time he comes out to Arizona, he's like, I got money like that. I can come out there whenever I want. So the fact that he keeps complaining and holding this over your head that he paid for your hotel room, so you should bow down to him, it's sad. He got the wrong bitch because we all know I'm one person who don't bow down to anyone. Can you talk about he asked you or someone asked you to talk about Zeta chapter at Formal, right? And this is where kind of this whole thing starts. So during Formal, they asked me to talk about what Zeta is planning on doing and everything and what's like our big plans. Already started working on the pillars, but we're already planning on what we want to do for the pillars and everything. I went mentioning saying that we went discussing about having a drag show, but we don't know that's going to happen. We're talking about it. At first, it was quiet as fuck. And then all of a sudden, everyone started clapping. So after that, apparently, I guess Extreme got complaints from other brothers saying, oh, we can't have a drag show. That's dumb. It shouldn't happen. We're fraternity. Then Extreme starts bringing up to us about how we can't have a drag show. During that night, it was it was just uh, Regan coming up to you, telling people, um, did you sense anything yet? I wouldn't say I sense anything. I already had a negative vibe from the crowd, so mm-hmm. I already knew. Because if you ask anyone, I really wasn't at that formal. Like, I was there for the food, and then I kind of left at this point. It was kind of this thing of I didn't feel comfortable. I could tell I wasn't accepted nowhere. Even when it came down to the picture for the for the formal, you saw they cut me out first time, and I had to bring it up to extreme that they cut me out. That's and, right. And then you freaking making changes oh i remember it like i said this whole fraternity thing the only reason i'm still having these letters is because of zeta and that's the only reason like zeta's the only good thing about this fraternity and i'm being straight up honest with this i could just tell they had a negative vibe and they didn't care anything about zeta even when zeta was mentioned with extreme no one would clap or there'll always be this hesitation in clapping 
this whole thing is like I feel like they look down on Zeta on anyone who's passing on Zeta or anything. Shit, I'm calling out three things that I know it is. They don't like how we pledge. They don't like that there's gay members in Zeta. And second of all, they don't like that we are abiding by their rules or in a way conforming to whatever they say they say we have to follow. Mm-hmm. Like some dumbass robots. Okay. Everybody got upset. Which I mean, I believe there's some some brothers that got upset. I'm I'm gonna throw this in here because I need to because it's, it's it's irking my nerve right now. And uh-huh. I've said it to you plenty of times. I am so sick and I'm so tired of fucking black men that have the nerve to yell and get upset when white people like to be racist against them, yet they still do the same thing to other groups of people. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's common. And I, and I, and I, it irks my nerve. And it's always that mentality of like, and it's, and a sad thing about it is I say black man because I I'm a black male and I deal with, I've dealt with a lot of black men in their homophobic mentalities and things like that. So I always say that, I mean, it goes out to all the, um, the minority men that sits there say, you know what, racism different. I can't change the color of my skin. You can change uh, to be uh, gay or whatever. And I'm, and I'm always sitting there like, what the fuck? So you're telling me you can go and have sex with a guy because you say you can't, but apparently you can. You can just choose. It's a you choice. Can just choose. You can just choose. And, and it's just frustrating because it's a, it's hypocrite. You want you want to be treated equally, yet you can't do the same thing for someone else mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with you, that isn't harming you, but you can't. So I that yeah yeah and you and know you know what works. you know what irritates me? It mm. becomes okay when it becomes a big issue. And now that this whole protest is happening, and people are saying you can't be Black Lives Matter if you're homophobic, if you're transphobic, if you're mm-hmm. all this. And now that that shit is put on blast, now everybody want to act like, oh yeah, you're right, yeah, this is what it is. Where was that before? You switching teams because majority of the people are saying it. So I, so that doesn't mean you actually agree. That doesn't mean you still understand. That means you're only doing it because majority of the world is doing it right now. And you mm-hmm. don't want to be the outcaster and you don't want to get in trouble for um, saying or doing anything like that. So I, I don't, I have zero tolerance for that. And mm-hmm. that's what's frustrating. So in June, your sans AJ went to formal. So people were upset about that. Uh, what was your first hearing of this? Of, of people being upset? Like, when did you uh, notice that? Um, I noticed it. If I'm not mistaken, it was either as soon as Atwala came back, or I think Atwala called me either the night before he flew, like the night before he was like supposed to be flying back and getting back from California. Yeah. That's, so yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, that same night, like, while in that same, like, conversation while he was, like, waiting for one of the buses, he was telling me, like, a lot of stuff that was going on. That's when I was like, what? Wait, you said people... Were, ups- were upset that we had a drag show or like start you said they started grilling you with questions he was like yeah they were just asking us like what does that have to do with our brotherhood like what does that have to do with 
Well, he, like, at least that's what, if I'm not mistaken, that's what he was telling mm. me. That they started, like, like, conversations began to spark, and that's when people started walking over to Regan and started talking to him about it or whatever. And I was like, oh, interesting that I heard that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, Regan literally commented on my body weight, commented on my femininity, commented on the fact that I, like, I smelled sweet to him for some reason. Like, I was like, I already know it's going to ruffle the fuck out of his feathers if, because I said that there's, we're about to doing a charity drag show. Yeah, so that was, like, the first time I had heard about it and caught wind of it. I think, and then after that, that's when it, like, things started to, like, I want to say it was, like, the calm before the storm. Because I didn't hear much about it. Like, we didn't hear much yeah. about it, right? And then they're like, we're voting on this. We're talking about this. And I'm like, where was this concern? 